We would like to acknowledge the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which Wirroni is created. We pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge that the name Wirroni was taken from the Wadiwadi Nation without permission and we are striving to do better for future reconciliation. Hey guys, uh, I'm Evan. Uh, this will and be I'm Post-Ironic Parables this week. I'm really looking forward to reading this book. Um, especially this specific book had a very significant um, place in my childhood mm. because when I was a child, uh, this book actually fell from the sky onto my head You told me one about day. that, yeah. And ever since then, I've worshipped it as the Bible. In fact, I've even created a religion around it which has gained some traction. Um, next week, I'm planning to challenge the Pope um, for religious legitimacy and uh, I'll actually also try and, you know, get this book to be part of uh, state-based religion. Um, just because it, it was just an incredibly powerful and divine moment for me. Yeah, and it is a really powerful and divine book. Um, I really like it. Um, so <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, we will be reading uh, Bible stories of boys and girls. And so it is, it is really interesting that you raise that point, Evan, um, about kind of creating a, relig a religion out of this because I believe that there actually already is a religion um, based on this book. Um, uh, you know, based off the Bible. Um, but your, your religion may differ to, to the Pope, so that will be really interesting. So, um, as usual, we'll start off with the cover here. Um, so, I'll just explain to the audience what we can see. Bible stories of boys and girls. So, on the centre, the front piece, we see a, a little boy, um, about yay high, who's got a sheep next to him and has a shepherd's, uh, shepherd's hook thing. In his right hand. Now, obviously, straight away we see, uh, you know, there's lots, going to be lots of uh, biblical iconography and references in this book, I believe, as it is um, uh, to do with the Bible stories. So in his right hand, he's holding the hook, which, of course, refers to um, uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, the, the classic narrative uh, where Captain James Hook is a pirate. And in his right hand, he has a hook because Peter Pan cut his hand off and it's actually really interesting um relating that to this text because the boy here looks to be about the same age that peter pan is and as we know peter pan never ages and so i guess it's a it's kind of tying into the uh god is ageless and forever um jesus will exist forever you know th those those kind of things that um that uh, are bounce around uh, in the bible evan what do you what do you think about the book cover yeah, and I think this book cover is especially interesting in that um, when you turn it 90 degrees, you actually can't read it. Oh. And I think that's possibly an authorial intent there, mm -hmm. trying to kind of veal or mask their true intentions, which mm. is, you know, it kind of speaks to the greater theme of the book, which is just incredible, really. It is very incredible. So I'm just going to open up to see who this is actually written by. Because um, unlike most of the books we've read, uh, it doesn't have the author on the front, which is very interesting, um, kind of showcases humility that we don't often see with um, many authors, which I believe uh, leads to two kind of options. Uh, one, either being that they're humble because they know that the book they've written is uh, a piece of garbage and so they, they don't want their name attached to it because it's going to be judged uh, very harshly and they don't want people to associate it with them. Or it's they're so they're so um, they believe so much in their work and I know that it, they know that it's going to succeed 
that they believe they don't need to showcase um, their name in order to sell copies of their book. Um, so also on the cover here, we have sand dunes and there's a lot of camels. Um, there's a lot of camels that people are riding and people are walking behind and in front of the camels holding big sacks of, I'm not sure, just holding big sacks on, on their heads. Wow, that is, I mean, that's just an incredible um, display by the author here. It's just almost beyond description. Yeah, I completely agree, Evan. Um, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, the boy is also, he's got some hair, he's got some eyes. Um, and finally, the last thing I'd like to uh, say about this book is that the two main colours, it's got blue up the top and then the yellow sands down the bottom. And I believe that this, this refers to uh, the beach. Um, but it's really interesting that they've pictured the, the water uh, above the sand and like above the boy, almost like there's a tidal wave coming to destroy them. So we know that within moments of uh, this image that we're seeing here on the cover, everyone here, all, the, all these people who are walking along these dunes are going to die and be swept away by this massive tidal wave. Um, and finally, one last thing that I've just now noticed uh, really, really interesting choice by uh, Jane Werner here, who's uh, retelling the story. Um, the boy on the front is wearing a multicolored gown. Some might say a, a technicolor coat of sorts, um, which of course is a it's a very, um, very out there reference um, to a very clear reference, I should say, to the fact that Jesus himself. Um, was a homosexual um, and engaged in uh, homosexual acts during his time alive. So open it up. Have always Jem, Liz, Catherine, Rachel. This book belongs to Tony, 1978. Bible stories of boys and girls retold by Jane Werner, pictures by Rachel Taft Dixon and Marjorie Hartwell. Okay, let's see what Jane Werner... Uh, would you like me to start or, or would you like to start the book? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, I'll, I'll start then. Um, so I open it up. Oh, actually, there is a bit of, about the author and artist. It says, Jane Werner has planned many books of Bible stories for children and has just completed a retelling of the New Testament as a giant golden book. Her adaption of Old Testament stories about children is here illustrated by Rachel Taft Dixon and Marjorie Hartwell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Rebecca at the well. Rebecca was a girl who lived long ago in a sun-baked city on the plains. Each evening, she went out with her pitcher on her shoulder to draw fresh water from the well. Now, let's just stop there and, and, and have a think about this. So she was a girl who lived a long way in a sun-baked city. What does it mean to be sun-baked? It means one is tanned. And what is tan? Now, tan is obviously uh, one of the three main trigonometric functions, uh, with the other ones being sine uh, and cos. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Um, and so, obviously... Uh, what Jane Werner here is doing is she's trying to connect 
as there his, has historically been quite a large disconnect between uh, the church and science uh, over the years. Um, there's been many disagreements, many wars fought. Uh, you know, a good example of the church finally accepting uh, some of the science, like accepting evolution was Vatican II. Um, but traditionally, they've been at war and lots of people kind of separate them. But what Werner's trying to do by uh, referring to sunbaked tan uh, trigonometry, she's trying to kind of interweave interweave God and science. And and furthermore, trigonometry, if you look at the start of that word, it's a tree, so it's of three, tri. Um, and of course, God comes in three. You know, it's the Holy Trinity. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Um, what you've said... Like, yeah, your analysis is spot on for what um, I think the author's intent was behind this particular part of the narrative. Yeah, thanks, Evan. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. And now each evening she's going out with her pitcher on her shoulder to draw fresh water from the well. Now, this is really interesting because when you think of someone going to get water from a well you wouldn't think of them using a picture to do so. Um, a picture is usually used as a piece of decor, um, something to hang up on the wall in your room or something to create yourself. It's not usually uh, made to carry carry liquids. Um, but also, furthermore with this, in the image we see Rebecca walking off in the dunes. She's wearing lots of different colours, very colourful, which we already know is um, a sin uh, in the Old Testament, it's, uh, thou shalt not wear more than two colours or thou shalt go to heaven and burn in misery for uh, at least 78 years. Um, but it says she's carrying a pitcher, but it looks more like she's actually carrying a jug on her shoulder, which I think it's a bit of a letdown because the first sentence started so strong with the um, kind of the holy trichotomy of bringing together the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit in conjunction with mathematics and uh, religion and the constant war between them and science, um, really blurring the barriers between them. Um, very, very post, post scientific, um, post scientific approach to, um, to the, you know these these lines of thought. But here, it's just a, it's just, it it doesn't add up. The fact that it says she's carrying a picture but instead she's actually carrying a jug. A jug is very different to a picture. A jug is something that you um, would carry water in, and I agree that a jug is probably something that I would take to draw water from a well, but it's not something that... that it, it just doesn't align with what they've said, and so I just think it's very... I actually disagree. Um, uh, to... To, you know, compare and sort of, sort of like contrast against what you've just said, I think um, in contrast, this particular book doesn't actually have any meaning at all. Um, and this is a very radical sort of sceptic oh. sort of take on it, but um, I actually think the book has no meaning. The mm -hmm. words that the author uses, the author uses are completely devoid of any sort of greater meaning. So there saying... are no themes, actually. Um, there are no themes at all. There is no narrative structure. This is a completely random collection of words. And even, you know, you would think that this random collection of words might signal some sort of intent towards, you know, illuminating 
um, absurdity, absurdity of the universe. But actually, they don't even mean that. They're organized in such a way that this entire book has absolutely no meaning whatsoever at all, forever. I mean, that's a, that's a valid point. And I guess, I, look, I agree with you in terms of this sentence where it says she should be carrying a pitcher, but instead she's carrying a jug. Um, but, but I think we'll have to agree to disagree on that first, first point. Um, I do know, uh, Jane Werner and her storytelling is a point of contention in the academic community. Um, her post-humanist ideas and, um, classical structural approach to, um, literature is, is a bit, you know, a bit on the nose, but, um, I, yeah, I, I hear you. And I, I think, I think I kind of think I kind of agree with you there. Um, should we move on? I should, I should let you guys all know as well that um, Evan's feeling a little bit sick today. And so to, uh, to conserve his voice, his voice <laughs> um, he, he's asked him for me to read uh, most of the books so he can just uh, comment when he feels that he needs to. And that way uh, he, he can keep his voice because it's really important tomorrow. He's actually, um, he's got a meeting for his new PhD um, where he's going to be, what are you, do, what are you doing again, Evan? Yeah. So especially, um, what you've just said, um, it's really relevant to my exploits. Yeah. Because yeah, when we're I talking was, about you. um, so I actually, as I was saying, I've read this book before and mm-hmm. something which I found, which improved my, um, understanding of the book is actually smashing my head with a hammer. So, um, I don't know if that would benefit any of these, any of the readers out there um, in, in you know, upgrading their kind of level of literary analysis, but I've actually found um, a little bit of, you know, uh, concussion sort of based, concussion related damage can be really helpful in that sense. Oh, of course. And that's in relation with, because tomorrow you're going to be, that's it. Tomorrow he's doing his uh, experiment for his new thesis where he is, you're locking yourself in your room and you're, you're going to sit there and wait until a thought comes into your head and then, then you're going to hit yourself in the head with a hammer. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, you're the one who came up with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, me too. Um, oh, now, I just did realise, Evan, that I... Um, I didn't let you comment on the cover. Would you like to? Would you like to make your comment? Because I believe uh, you said you've read this book before, so I'm pretty certain you you would have your own thoughts on it. Um, well, why don't you Why don't you speak on the cover? Yeah, and I think this book cover is especially interesting in that um, when you turn it ninety degrees, mm-hmm. you actually can't read it. Oh. and I think that's possibly an authorial attempt there, mm-hmm. trying to kind of feel or mask their true intentions, which is. You know, it kind of speaks to the greater theme of the book, mm. which is just incredible, really. Yeah, I think so too. Um, shall we continue with the story? Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Um, okay, cool. Um, so, one evening, she met a stranger from afar sitting wearily at the well. Wow. Wow, that's that's. Gorgeous imagery, don't you think? Wearily at the well. Also, just the, the alliteration there, I think, is very, very clever 
but also it just paints such a picture. Yeah, I mean, the imagery here is just so powerful, mm. specifically what the author, the illustrator has done in terms of colour yeah. and um, kind of contrasting the foreground with the background. You yeah, can I really see, see how they have um, really brought out the emotions within the image, and I think that's really powerful, especially when you think about, you know, imagery in the context of the sublime and um, what they've really done here with this image um, is bring out a sense of that kind of sublime meaning, um, you know, that feeling of seeing something which is greater than yourself. And just, you know, looking at this book, I'm, I'm practically on the verge of tears. I mean... Yeah, me too. It's it's very beautiful. Um, and as you said, the foreground and the background, here we see the man sitting wearily at the well while uh, Rebecca lowers her jug to, um, to drain the well. Um, perhaps the use of the word picture is um, perhaps it's a metaphor for something, how we use our art to, um, to carry sustenance, art to collect water. That could be what um, Jane Werner is saying here. Um, I'm unsure. It is a little unclear, but it is very interesting. Anyway, we'll move on. He had made his camels kneel beside him, for they were tired and thirsty too. Wow. Wow. That is, I mean, that's just an incredible um, display by the author here. It's just almost beyond description. Let me please drink a little water from the pitcher, the stranger said to her. Again, using the, the term pitcher, um, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really drawn a blank for what that means. Usually I'm able to, you know, I've, I've been studying uh, critical literary theory for eight years now, uh, since my first thesis uh, in 2011, uh, where I, I, my thesis was on uh, the comparisons between frogs and toads and uh, their ability to, oh, sorry, we've actually got a, we've actually got a caller. Um, Evan, do you mind if I take this caller? Yeah, okay, cool. Hello, Isaiah speaking. You're on uh, Post Irony Parables with Isaiah and Evan. How are you doing? Did you know the upper shell of a turtle is called the carapace and the lower shell on the underside is called the plastron? Uh, sorry about that. Um, it's a, must be a prank caller. Um, I'm unsure why that, um, why that happened. But anyway, I, I think we should continue. Um, wh what do you think, Evan? I actually disagree. Oh, okay. So, so you think we should? You think we should uh, stop reading? I actually disagree. Oh, okay. So you think we should continue reading? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. Let me please drink a little water from your pitcher, the stranger said to her. Drink, sir, said Rebecca, lowering her pitcher. Yeah, and I mean, that particular passage as well is very, um, very important to me because mm -hmm. when I was just a doctor um, studying at the um at the university i remember that university. studying specifically frog related medicine yeah um that's what, what we happened met. is that i was kicked out of the university because my frog thesis was not deemed um scientifically sound and what i did with the frogs is i essentially um 
I tried to create a society of frogs that would function without the fun- without the um the presence of an overseer, and it actually failed miserably. But they said that there was no merit for what I was doing, and they actually fired me and killed all of my frogs as a result. That's a really sad story. Yeah. So especially um, what you've just said, um, it's really relevant to my exploits mm. because when I was um, so I actually as I was saying I've read this book before yeah. and something which I found which improved my um, understanding of the book is actually smashing my head with a hammer so um, I don't know if that would benefit any of these any of the readers out there um, in, in you know upgrading their kind of level of literary analysis but I've actually found um, a little bit of, you know, uh, concussion sort of based concussion related damage can be really helpful in that sense. That's a really interesting point. Um, especially, I guess she's holding a jug, so she could drop it on him to um, give him a concussion. But I don't believe uh, in the in these times hammers were actually invented. I think they had things called bammers, um, which were like hammers, but just less effective. Um, they were not uh, not blunt and not secure. So they were hollow, the the uh, the tip of the hammer, blammer, um, bammer, and not very effective. Anyway, um, there's a bit of uh, historical context for you. <laughs> um, drink, sir, said Rebecca, lowering her pitcher. Again, I'm unsure, but I, I think we'll just move on from the pitcher. Then she drew more water for the camels to drink. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I think I get it. Drink, sir, said Rebecca, lowering her picture. Then she drew more water for the camels to drink. So maybe this is like an, a miracle of Jesus where where she is able to draw onto this picture things such as water or food, and then they can be realized and actually used for humans. And I guess that ties into relation of the God saying, I am the bread of life. He who drinks from my cup and eats from my pocket um, will have eternal life. That's, that's really interesting. Wow. That is, I mean, that's just an incredible um, display by the author here. It's just almost beyond description. It's very interesting. So many uh, biblical references have been cropping up so far. Yeah, I completely agree with your analysis here. Um, I think you made a very uh, well-made point. Mm. But have you considered that perhaps what you were saying is not what the author intended at all? Oh. Um, it could actually mean that uh, Frog in this, in this um, specific part mm. is actually... The devil. Um, if you look at all the related, you know, themes and kind of uh, contrast it with the dialogue the author is using, we could actually definitely see uh, Frog as the devil here. And I think that's a very interesting uh, callback, especially to um, common biblical themes like, you know, Paradise Lost and um, the Bible. Yeah, I mean, we have, I have already been talking about um, the biblical references, but you're right. Uh, Paradise, Paradise Lost. This is a classic scene in Paradise Lost where the character actually called uh, Rebecca, which is um, 
eerily similar to the name Rebecca uh, in uh, Jane Werner's story here, goes and lowers a large pot into a fiery well to uh, draw water. So that's that's actually a really interesting comparison that you've brought up there, Evan. Yeah, and I mean, that particular passage as well is very, um, very important to me because... Mm-hmm. Where's that? Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Um, oh, yeah. What you've said, like, yeah, your analysis is spot on for what um, I think the author's intent was behind this particular part of the narrative. That's fair. Well, I, I think it was actually your point, but um, thanks for giving me the credit. Uh, anyway, we'll move on. Then she drew more water for the camels to drink. Is there room in your father's house for me to spend the night? The stranger asked Rebecca. It was the custom in those times to take travellers in. Rebecca led him to her father's house. How oh, very kind of her. And they made him welcome there. That's very interesting because I feel like nowadays if you ask a stranger to be brought to their father's house, there'd be a lot more hesitation to it. But um, I guess I guess Rebecca just really wants people to meet her dad. Maybe he's quite an eccentric man. Um, maybe... Maybe he's oh maybe he's one of those creatures where every time you look at him he farts out gold and so she wants but it, it can only happens each time a new person looks at him so she wants more strangers to look at him so that she can get richer and richer. Yeah, I mean this whole story reminds me of the time when I was at a roller derby and um so they roll around on roller skates right it's mm. like a race mm. and what happened is um. Actually, this eight-year-old got pushed onto the roller derby and was promptly stampeded, similar to um, Mufasa in The Lion King. Mm. And um, it was a horrific event, of course, but the show must go on. And in fact, I was, I was much more interested in the roller derby after that. And I think that's similar to what the author has done here, is create this you know, tragic event um, to kind of compel readers to listen more closely to what they're trying to say. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, again, the, the roller derby and the comparisons with that, uh, or I guess the juxta- juxtaposition, I should say, between that and Rebecca, who here has no no uh, shoes on their feet, and so would not last very uh, long at a roller derby, and in fact probably would be absolutely massacred and run over by other um, races. Then the man told them, that the Lord had sent him to find a wife for a fine young man. Now he knew that Rebecca was the girl, for she had been, <laughs> for she had been so kind to him. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, really, that's really interesting. The themes are yeah, just amazing. Yeah, I mean, the themes of yeah? the book are just so powerful. Mm. All these themes and... Um, a lot of additional themes, and there's a lot of themes just generally going on in the book. I agree. And I think that's a very powerful thing. Yeah, um, very powerful thing. I think it's all, it almost brings me to the verge of tears to yeah, read about how sad. powerful these themes are. Very powerful. <laughs> oh, bless you. Um, yeah, these themes are really powerful. Then the man told them that the Lord had sent him to find a wife for a young woman, fine young woman in particular. It would be very interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, hearing the Lord God, the divine, the almighty speak to you and say, you've got to go find a wife. Um, 
for a fine young man. And you just see this girl and she's nice to you and you're like, yeah, you're, I'm going to take you to be a wife of someone else. Um, it, it really makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is crazy, but I actually think that the author here might be referencing um, the, the old biblical tale of David and Goliath. Oh, really? You know, like in this sense, you know, one of these characters is David and one of the characters is Goliath. David is the wife, obviously. And what obviously. happened in that tale is that David killed Goliath. And oh. I think that, you know, that's very incredible that the author has managed to kind of made an allegory for this such a, such a famous biblical tale. Allegory. In that one of the characters is David and one of them is Goliath. That is really interesting. I wonder if... That would be a very strange plot twist if um, Rebecca ends up killing the fine young man that she's uh, being brought to marry. He gave her jewels of gold and silver, for Rebecca had been chosen by the Lord. Wow, so it's it's true. Um, she brought the stranger to the house. Stranger saw the father, and I'm guessing that's where all the silver and gold came from. He... Uh, he fathered them out, and now she can wear them. So her plan worked. Good on her. And I think, I think that's the end of the story. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so this girl went to go to the well to get water, and this guy was like, can I have water? And she gave some to him. And then he's like, is that your father's house? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, can I come? <laughs> She's like, yeah, and then he's like, you're nice, I'm going to give you gold and marry you to someone else. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I completely... Wow, that is... <laughs> I mean, that's just an incredible um, display by the author here. Mm. It's just almost beyond description. Mm, yeah, it is, it's very interesting. Uh, what's the time? 7.30, I guess I should, I should read another one. Um, I just want to look ahead to see if <laughs> Rebecca comes back in. I can't believe that's the full story. <laughs> there wasn't a there wasn't a complication. It was pretty. <laughs> nothing happened. Um, no, by the looks of it, Rebecca. <laughs> that's all we see of Rebecca. Um, her story is finalized. She's gonna be a wife. I guess. Yeah. Let's read Joseph and his dreams. Do you, do you think we should, Evan? Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Um, okay, cool. Um, Joseph and his dreams. Joseph was the favorite son of his father. Wow. Wow, that's really... That actually hits very hard for me, Evan. Because um, I... I never really knew my father. Um, when I was when I was just young, I was I was running off with my friend, um, playing somewhere where I shouldn't, and my father came to came to help help me, um, and he ended up slipping down and being stampeded by a, a horde of, of wildebeest, um, and I. I I know it was my fault and I just, I really miss him and I, I just, I think it's probably the biggest regret 
of my life. I, I haven't shown my face at Pride Rock since. Um, I can't. I can't. Um, I was very lucky. I found found two great friends um, who, uh, Pomone and Tumba, who helped help me, you know, to enjoy life again, see the comedy in it, to dance and eat bugs and cockroaches and whatnot and, and sing. Um, but late at night, I just, I feel like I can't escape feeling of dread and the heavy guilt and weight on my soul that I have knowing that I am responsible for my father's death. Um, and so it's, it's just really interesting to, you know, and it makes me quite emotional uh, that Joseph, you know, Joseph was the favorite son of his father because I mean, I barely remember my father. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, it is. It was, it was, it's really sad and it still haunts me to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think, I think obviously uh, Jane Werner is a, is a very, very deep woman um, who, who understands, you know, she's a very emotionally mature human um, who's, you know, able to approach her, her academic writing in such a, such a professional and profound way. Um, so concise, is able to make you feel so many different emotions, able to transport you back to biblical times um, when women would <laughs> give it away as wives um, and when dads pooped gold when strangers looked at them um and I, I feel like i was there and not only does she evoke such strong emotions but again it's joseph was the favorite son of his father there's again the father the son and the holy spirit and joseph again is the na name of jesus dad and father is the is the is what jesus would have called his dad joseph and son is what Joseph would have called his son Jesus, um, but and both of their father was was God because God is both God the Father, but he's also the Son who is Jesus, but he's also the Father who is Joseph, and he is also the Holy Spirit, which is kind of a favorite. Um, and the last thing that kind of ties all these things together is if you look again at the title of this piece, Joseph and his dreams. Um, wow, she's, she's so amazing, isn't she? She's so amazing. She's able to both involve you so deeply in, in all this amazing religious iconography, but then still point out that, um, you know, this whole religious experience could simply just, just be a dream. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Um, what you've said... Like, yeah, your analysis is spot on for what um, I think the author's intent was behind this particular part of the narrative. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with your analysis here. Um, I think you made a very uh, well-made point. Thanks. But have you considered that perhaps what you were saying is not what the author intended at all? Oh, really? Um, it could actually mean that 
uh, frog in this in this um, specific part is actually the devil. Um, if you look at all the related, you know, themes and kind of uh, contrast it with the dialogue the author is using, we could actually definitely see uh, Frog as the devil here. And I think that's a very interesting uh, callback, especially to um, common biblical themes like, you know, Paradise Lost and um, the Bible. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. He had a coat of many colors, finer by far than any of his brothers had. His brothers did not like that. Yeah, I mean, this whole story reminds me of the time when I was at a roller derby. And um, so they roll around on roller skates, right? It's like a race. Yeah. And what happened is um, actually this eight-year-old got pushed onto the roller derby and was promptly stampeded, similar to um, Mufasa in The Lion King. And s- similar to my father, I guess, as well. Um, and so I guess in this case, you're, you're um, comparing Joseph to, to that kid who was, who was stomped upon. Um, and his brothers did not like that. So maybe you're you're discussing how potentially that boy you saw, his brothers were the ones who started the, uh, the kind of stampede that crushed him. Yeah, I mean, the themes of the book are mm. just so powerful. Mm. All these themes and um, a lot of additional themes, and there's a lot of themes just generally going on in the book. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. It's very... It's very interesting. Uh, so many themes really happening here with there's at least one or two themes per page. Um, Jane Wern, I was just able to cram so much um, into, you know, it's so few pages. Anyway, we'll go on. So his brothers did not like that he had a better coat than them. When they all went out to feed their father's flocks. <laughs> the alliteration there. Uh, someone called... Uh, Someone call Dr. Seuss. You, you, you got your Jane Werner's coming. Wow, that is, I mean, that's just an incredible um, display by the author here. It's just almost beyond description. I agree. I agree. So when they all went to feed their father's flocks, Joseph would go home and tell tales about the brothers, and they did not like that. You may be sure. Okay, so we're sure. We're sure that Joseph told tales about the brothers and they didn't like it. Then Joseph dreamed proud dreams, proud dreams, in which he ruled over his brothers and he told them all his dreams. I think, I think Joseph seems like a bit of a dick. Um, this made his brothers angrier than ever and they plotted together against him. Hmm. At last, they decided to sell him as a slave. And many long years did proud young Joseph work and wait before he saw his brothers and father again. That's harsh. But then he had lost his foolish pride. He forgave them gladly and welcomed them. For do you know his dream had come true and he was a ruler in the land of Egypt far from his boyhood home? Wow. Escalated very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and again, that's the end of the story. Wow. So that. What what are what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that, Evan? Um, I. 
I'm, I'm a bit struck for words, actually. Yeah, and I think this book cover is especially interesting. In oh, that, the um, cover. When you turn it 90 degrees, mm-hmm. you actually can't read it. And I think that's possibly an authorial intent there, mm. trying to kind of veal or mask their true intentions, which is, you know, it kind of speaks to the greater theme of the book, which is just incredible, really. It is incredible. Um, it's very interesting how Jane Werner is able to, I guess, weave so many biblical references while still, um, and not just references, but at deeply rooted uh, feelings that go along with Catholic guilt. Um, you know, the feeling of hating your brothers, um, um, in- internalized, internalized uh, homophobia with, you know, the brothers bullying Josh because he wore um, a coat that had multiple colors on it. Um, and it's, I think, coming back to the cover, as you said, Evan, it's all kind of foreshadowed by this young, innocent-looking boy with a lamb and a hook and a bunch of people walking behind him with a rising uh, tsunami behind them that's just about to kill all of them. So I guess I think Jane Werner is trying to, I don't know, I think she's she's quite a post-humanist um, in this form in that, you know, we've got a character who who poops gold um, we've, we've got a character who's, who's, uh, a homosexual like Jesus, um, both these things, you know, not, not, not fully human, um, which is really, really interesting. And she says, you know, we're all going to die from this massive tsunami that God is sending upon us. So, so you better look out, I guess. Um, very interesting, very interesting. I wonder if, Jane Werner knows something that we don't know. <laughs> anyway, I've I've absolutely loved today. All right, and that has been our post-ironic parables this mm-hmm. week. I hope you enjoyed. Yeah, I will be. We will. We will. Uh, We're gonna. But um.